Hey everybody, Jeremy here coming at you from beautiful snowy Utah. Want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Crest Biblical Resources. Head on over to CrestBiblical.com, check out their amazing selection of commentaries, books on theology, and all things biblical at CrestBiblical.com. And this is pretty amazing. You can get 40% off plus free shipping on orders of over $20 using coupon code do theology that's all lowercase do space theology as a coupon code at checkout for 40 percent off plus free shipping that's pretty amazing so hope you enjoy that coupon hope you enjoy this episode and if you're at shepherd's conference this week hope you enjoy that too god bless Welcome to another edition of Do Theology Reacts. I am hindered today because my headphone extension cable doesn't work anymore, and so I'm plugged directly in, and I'm like I'm like a dog on a leash. I can't really move. So That's hey, not why people are listening to this. They don't care. No, no. It'll make it easier for editing, though, to keep you in frame. Oh, very good. Yes. Ken does the editing. Today we are listening to a little clip from J. Mac, John MacArthur, otherwise known as the author of the study Bible that Lecrae used to read. There will be like six people who will get that. (laughs) Um, And uh, he was speaking with some other men at the G3 conference, but also at the pre-conference. There was a a pre-conference session that Ken and I didn't go to. There was probably additional cost for that and, and time, of course, uh, that mm-hmm. we just didn't have. So uh, th- this is pretty interesting, though. I, I didn't look into the pre-conference at all, I don't think, whenever we were there, and I, I didn't see any of the media afterwards, and maybe they just released it for the first time now, um, this week. But I was seeing that G3 did publish the Q&A from the pre-conference this week, and uh, it's, it's very interesting. If you uh, are watching along, you'll see in the video the different people who are there You've got Carl Hargrove, who is the like moderator guy, asking the questions of the panel. And the panel consists of Harry Walls. What a name, by the way. I hope he didn't go to public school. Uh, Harry Walls and Tom Pennington and Chris Mueller and John MacArthur. And so far, from Carl Hargrove all the way over to John MacArthur, those are all Grace Community Church Master Seminary guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the end, you have the creator of the G3 conference, Josh Bice, who very much loves John MacArthur and appreciates him, and that he keeps no secret about that. But he is uh, different theologically than the rest. So it's kind of interesting as we set One this up. One of these things is not like the other. That's right. Yes. You've got those first names all the way up until Josh Bice are all dispensational, I believe. And I think think that's why MacArthur feels as bold as he does to say what he says in this video, where he just kind of lets her fly. And uh, I kind of wish we had a heart rate meter on Josh Bice uh, that we could play alongside (laughs) the video. (laughs) Because MacArthur, he just kind of throws down the dispensational gauntlet while the uh, first guys are just kind of nodding in agreement. 
Uh, and so I think this is a great statement from MacArthur and it's very bold of him to say, uh, they're talking about eschatology. The original question is about, Hey, how do we make sense of different eschatologies in the church and how do we, you know, partner and fellowship and, and befriend one another despite those differences. And we're jumping into the, to the middle of MacArthur's answer and we're just going to listen to a few minutes of that. There is a sense in which we can be as specific as the scripture is. And I, I think the flow of uh, the book of Revelation in particular lays out an unmistakable eschatology. And if you follow the flow of the book of Revelation, it, it, becomes, it becomes very obvious because the sequence of events is church age, all of a sudden you're in heaven, the saints are in heaven, all of a sudden you, you have all these horrible things on earth at the end of that period of time, which is a seven-year period of time. Christ returns, you have a thousand-year kingdom, the destruction of the creation and the new heavens and the new earth. I just have to say, Josh Bice's face right here. I, I, I'm enjoying that. <laughs> I, well, I can't see it. Our little zoom things in the way here. I can move it. Oh, yes. He's just like staring, <laughs> staring at the stage floor, kind of probably hoping that MacArthur kind of scoots along quickly. But what's so funny about this answer is you think MacArthur's wrapping up like three different times and then he like picks back up again. <laughs> he just won't won't give it up. <laughs> just it's the simplest chronology of of any prophetic book in, in the entire Bible. So I don't think it's difficult. I think people get confused because there've been historically so many voices. Sure. But but I think it's important particularly today as I was saying this morning you are responsible to God to get your eschatology right. Mm. It's not enough to punt you, you can't do that. You've got to go in there and figure it out. And when you, when you come out, you've got to know where you, where you stand. And uh, I think the, 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 the key to getting the eschatology right is the key to getting the, the beginning of the story right. If your hermeneutics are the same in Genesis, you're going to be a six-day creationist. If their hermeneutics, if your hermeneutics are the same in Revelation, you're going to end up with a church age, a time of tribulation, the return of Christ, the establishment of the kingdom, and the new heaven and the new earth, and it's just that mm. simple. Uh, you almost have to go to school to get that unraveled. Oh, oh, sure. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. You hear the crowd just kind of murmuring as he's saying all these things. <laughs> <laughs> and look at uh, he's got his tongue out in this freeze frame but like you know he's grinning and chris mueller to the right of him there he's got a big smile on his face like oh man you're just you're getting them oh he's, he's, he's taking them to task on hermeneutics but here's the thing so so lately it's become more common for people with different hermeneutics or different eschatologies to argue that, oh, no, no, we actually are being consistent with our hermeneutics. Uh, we are being literal. We just are pursuing authorial intent, and the author obviously didn't mean to be taken literally. Mm. Whereas if you actually look at the history of individuals wrestling with these concepts, there are many amillennial and covenant theologians who also attest to the fact that if you use this hermeneutic consistently that this is the result you will come to the, the mm -hmm. conclusion that John MacArthur has come to of a premillennial eschatology. Yes. Well, a dispensational premillennial eschatology. Yes. Um, you have to have 
two hermeneutics for two testaments in order to arrive at something other than dispensationalism. If you have one hermeneutic for both testaments, you will be dispensational. Yes. And then also, you know, revelation as well, that you your hermeneutic changes from, you know, all the rest of the New Testament and then revelation. So, yeah. Uh, hermeneutics is, I mean, the, if you change your rules of interpretation as you go, and particularly when you get to eschatology, you're lost. Yeah. If the Bible doesn't mean what it says, then you, you're hopeless. Because how do you know what, what it means? If it doesn't mean what it says, well, it, doesn't, it says he created in six days, but it doesn't mean that. Really? Really? So I'm supposed to believe you, not this. The same in eschatology. Sure. I, I just think you have to do the work. Um, and I think the Lord lays it out. In fact, isn't it clear that the book of Revelation starts with blessed is the one who reads and understands this book? It isn't that mm. difficult. You just you get fogged up by people who have the wrong idea, which is the reason why you have a, a guy like Sproul or many others like him who go from one eschatological view to another one and shift mm. all over the place. They keep changing. Because if it isn't what it says it is, then what it is is elusive. Please tell me that I can't, that I won't, that I fail, that I'll never make it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a man down, man down. <laughs> if if it isn't what it says it is, then what it is is elusive. There's a quote. Yeah, there's a reason why you pick up seven different commentaries on the book of revelation seven different commentaries on the book of ezekiel and if they're not from a coming with it with a premillennial dispensational framework they're all over the place in terms of what these signs and symbols mean which because at the heart of a dispensational premillennial framework is a literal grammatical historical hermeneutic that is consistent across both testaments yes. for every text uh it, that that seeks to again be as consistent as possible because if you start making exceptions in certain texts, or in this case, really, certain testaments, then what you're doing is just chasing after something that is man-made, a man's ideas. And you end up all over the board on a whole host of different things, and there's no way to say, this one's right, this one's wrong. What's, what's the guide for that? What's the rubric for that? What is the test? Mm -hmm. We need to be able to compare it with what does this text actually say and embrace that so you go john MacArthur. yeah yeah wow. good for and him he had, he had uh what one two three four dispensationalists on his right and josh bice on his left <laughs> and uh i i would love to have gotten josh bice's comments right in the in the moment like right after he said that like hey can you whisper into this recorder what you thought, <laughs> you thought about that um but hey, you know, if you're going to invite those guys, there they are, and, and they're just sharing, um, you know, from their perspective. And, and I really do appreciate what MacArthur said there, and I appreciate his boldness. I think he's getting more and more bold on this particular issue in his older age. Do you remember his sermon at G3? I he, do. He went into the future for Israel a he little did. bit. Yeah, he was preaching from Isaiah 53. And yeah, it was, it was a great message and he did, he threw down some, some more dispensational, uh, 
as, as, as you like to say, he, he showed his dispensational underwear on the outside that day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep. This is true. And, uh, and boy, we, there's no reason to, um, to hide our eschatology, especially mm. if you have done, like he said, if you've done the work, if you've studied with it, you've wrestled with it, you have your reasons as to why you believe what you believe, uh, preach it with confidence, teach it with confidence, share in a Q&A session with confidence because you're standing on the Word of God. Uh, you're not standing on anything else. Amen. And I think that's how kind of how his whole thing got started when he's talking about the importance that we can't punt on eschatology. So many people want to do that. Oh, it's just so hard. You know, there's so many different things out there. And there are a lot of different ideas and there are a lot of different resources and such, and it can be confusing unless we're just letting the text be our guide as we work through it with consistent hermeneutics. But it's not good to punt on any area of theology. We do have a responsibility to study the Word of God, come to our conclusion, and to stand upon that. Yes. And for those of you wanting to know more about why we approach the Bible the way we do, we have a whole series called the Bible Interpretation Series, a series on hermeneutics from the Do Theology podcast. We interviewed Dr. Daryl Bach, Dr. Michael Vlock. We had Andrew Rappaport on. We compared the dispensational hermeneutic to the reformed hermeneutic. All kinds of information in that series that we will link in the description to this episode. Right, Ken? That is correct. Great. (laughs) All right. Well, if you've got other stuff that you would like us to react to, send it along. We'd love to to do it and uh, hope this was helpful. God bless.